0: to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations.
1: Valeria Tellez interviews Nita Patel, the author of Boss Vibes Self Esteem, Success, and the Art of Etiquette. Nita Patel is a speaker, author, and artist who believes in modern etiquette as a path to becoming our best selves. Born in Croydon, UK, as a child, Nita would travel frequently between London and Dallas, attending primary school in both places. She was influenced by American and English culture and her parents' deep Indian origin. In her formative years, being an amalgam of values and morals, Nita would attempt to mold her persona to fit her circumstance, such as disguising her English accent as a teenager in America to avoid the inevitability of teenage harassment. These types of experiences and coping strategies helped to formulate her strong and resilient character. Through her professional years and prior to her immersion in creative arts, Ms. Patel has over two decades of demonstrated technology leadership experience in various industries, specifically with a concentrated focus in healthcare for 14 of those 20 plus years. Her investment in psychology theory and practice is what led her to a deep interest in helping others. As a catalyst, finding additional ways to express her creativity, Led her to pursue her calling professionally as an artist for the past eight years. She has become deeply and passionately devoted to nurturing others and in building their confidence and brand through speaking and consultative practices. Meet Nita on nita patel.com. Here is the interview with Nita Patel.
0: In your own words,
2: who is Nita Patel? So I would say I my purpose is to help people elevate their personal and professional brands. And that's what I do um, through a, an array of means. I do it through art. I do it through speaking and I do it through coaching services.
0: You speak of a personal brand. I never heard about that maybe i did in the past but i don't remember exactly with these words together so what would that be a personal brand
2: um you know i i think it's really about who you are as a person these days you know whether you're a corporate professional whether you're a a business person an entrepreneur you know we our face (laughs) uh represents our brand our, our company you know whatever it is that we do and so, when I say personal professional brand, you know I, I think that that is almost synonymous you know who you are and how you conduct yourself is how people see you and I think it's important that you know based on what your um what your goals are that you be are able to act in a and conduct yourself in a way where you're respected so that you can be. Um, seen in an elevated light, whether it's your, you know, again, going back to personal, you know, whether it's your family, whether it's new relationships that you're building, or on a professional side, you know, whether it's your boss or your clients. Um, so it, it's kind of one and the same, you know, you don't want to act like a different person based on whether you're in a business environment or you're in front of friends and family, you know, you want to act as one person, but how do you create an elevated image about yourself? And, and so that's what I help people with.
0: What is your definition of power and also success?
2: You know, my definition of success and power is freedom. Mm. I think it's a combination of financial freedom. It's emotional freedom. I think that's the biggest one. Um, A lot of people have financial freedom, but they don't have emotional freedom. And so they have a certain degree of success, but they are still, you know, held down by their, let's say, limiting beliefs. Um, And so for me, success and power is all about having that level of freedom
0: what would that look like? Can we reach that state of balance when it comes to emotions?
2: You know, I think so. It, it certainly takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of awareness. Yeah. Um, but I think it's possible. I think the biggest thing is you have to be willing to let go of your past, which is right. very, very difficult True. for anyone that's tried it. Yeah, But I would say that is you know, a key in finding that freedom and in finding that Mm. balance, you know, we may not ever be 100% emotionally free, because life is always happening to us. But if we can learn to let go of our past, and, um, you know, practice forgiveness for Mm. ourselves and for others in our lives, uh, and in our past, I think that that's a level of freedom that you can achieve so that you can enjoy the present moment. I think the, um, you know, and this is for men and women, both when we hold on to our past, we're not able to enjoy the present moment that we're in. And then, you know, we self-sabotage because of our um, experiences in the past. And so, um, you know, having that awareness and being open to letting go is, is a really big part of that.
0: How do we learn to do that? Do things and be in the moment without expecting anything in return.
2: Um, you know, I will say it's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and practice makes perfect, right? The more that <laughs> <laughs> um, the more that you practice for today, you know, one of the things that I. Um, talk about in my book is when when i refer to manners and etiquette is i say it's not a jacket that you put on when you walk out of the door Um, you still have to practice it in the home in order to know how to have that awareness and act when you leave your home Mm -hmm. and so i think this is the same thing is you know this is not a jacket that you put on and take off i think you have to practice it every day and make you know, set intentions and make a conscious decision that you want to be present. And then I think tools are important because this is such a tough, um, a a, a tough, you know, mindset to to get yourself into practicing Mm -hmm. that you need tools to support you. And one of the things that I've learned is anytime you have a self-sabotaging thought or something that takes you back into your past, I will stop and I will do five jumping jacks or (laughs) something physical to break that mental Mm -hmm. um, thought process. And it really helps in staying um, focused and, you know, staying positive, but it also keeps you present in the moment as well. So I think, you know, learning what the tools work for you, because, um, you know, different things work for different people. And so n- experimenting and learning what works best for you. Um, but I think it is possible to get there. What do you think is the purpose
0: of the human experience as a whole?
2: Um, I- I'm glad you're asking me this question, because I was going to make a comment that can't <laughs> 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 answer this. Uh-huh. Um, I think that it is, you know, I believe that we are spiritual beings okay. and so being in a human experience, I, I think it's really to experience emotions, experience, you know, our sensory, all of that, but in a way, again, while staying present, while being positive. And one of the things that I think our society has kind of fallen on is, to your point, inner joy and peace, you know, I think that's very much a part of a human experience. And we tend to think that there's a big milestone, you know, when we make X amount of money, or when we, you know, finish, let's say school, or you find a significant other, or you, um, you know, your kids have a milestone. For us, we make these big milestones as our moments of happiness and i think what we forget is we can be happy being in the present moment every single day and it's all about how you conduct yourself how you carry yourself and i i talk a lot about this in my book as well Is you know from the way you dress to the way you have a meal All of those things through your everyday can allow you to feel joy. And that's inner joy, you know, because you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it to show the world, um, you know, what you're experiencing in life. It's for you when you sit down and have a meal, for example, and you light a candle and you play some music, even if it's just you having dinner by yourself. You know, I think that those are type of situations where you can create some joy for yourself, and that's meaningful, um, you know, and so there are simple things that you can do every day to create that joy, but yeah, I absolutely believe that that is a, a key component in um, being a happy human and having a a happy human experience
0: It's great that you have these tools that can help us to get there, like I actually usually don't think about clothing dress in a certain way. I like anything that's comfortable. So I think you mentioned in your book about um, women or anyone 40s and the 50s, a specific age kind of didn't resonate with me because I really love the idea of being free and just in that sense and just wearing whatever it's comfortable. I mean, not that I wear anything that's too short. I'm 43, so I never did anyway uh, my whole life. But you mentioned about the yoga pants, and I do use that. I used to be a personal trainer. <laughs> so I'm wondering if I change the way I dress, I will feel more joy.
2: <laughs> you know, and, and not to say that, you know, if you're running errands or, you know, if you're doing kind of the the day-to-day things, you know, I think this is about when you're, um, and I think a, maybe even a simpler example is is your hair, right? The day that you wash and blow dry your hair, you know, whether it's every two days or every three days or whatever it might be. But when you take the time to blow dry your hair, you know, you fix it. You have and you look at yourself in the mirror, you feel a little bit different, right? Yeah, Than yeah. on a day that you don't wash your hair and you true. just tie it up or you wear a hat. <laughs> <Yeah>. So true. <laughs> and so oh, yeah. I think those, right, right. It speaks to the same concept. Um, is when you wear your your favorite little black dress, for example, mm. you know, you just feel so much more confident. You put your favorite pair of heels on, and and again, you know. If you're running errands, that's not something that you're gonna be wearing. But based on what you're doing, you know in your day, it's it's about the feelings that translate and how it makes you feel more confident, how it feels makes you feel like you can, you know conquer the world. Oh, yes, you know, let's let's take care of this today. Um, and so those are the type of feelings that translate into, you know, from how you wear to how you feel. And and so that's really my point in conveying. If you're always casual, you know, you're always, your decision making is going to be a little bit different when you're, you know, constantly feeling casual. An example that I love to give is, you know, when you're in your loungewear and you're having dinner on the couch while you're you know, slouched over and and you have the TV on or something like that, you're not going to make the best decisions, right? You're not going to make the most confident decisions because you're in a relaxed mood. Um, but, but when you're out, you know, in a, at a fine dining experience um, you're going to make different, rea- uh, different decisions. Your mind is going to be thinking a little bit differently. And so it's really about having the awareness of where you're at and how to Put your best foot forward in that particular situation. And
0: that's interesting. You're connecting the way we behave, the way we conduct ourselves, the way we dress, the way we eat, uh, and everything else to the way we think. It changed the way the thought patterns, and it does. It affects thoughts. And I'm wondering if that affects beliefs too, because. Beliefs, like limiting beliefs, uh, and the belief system is so much more powerful. So I'm wondering if that helps us to change our belief system.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, confidence poses is something that I love sharing with people. And when you stand in a certain position, when you sit in a certain position, um, you know, there's a, a very uh, cliche pose you know, from, from the sixties with a man, you know, sitting at his desk and his legs are crossed on the desk and he's leaned back with his um, hands crossed behind his head. Um, It's a very, very cliche position. But when you're, when you sit in that pose for two minutes, it actually changes your body chemistry to where it reduces the cortisol level and it increases testosterone. And that's where, you know, you feel more confident. And so it really does, you know, change your um, body chemistry based on how you sit and stand. When you have your arms crossed, and you know, your shoulders are kind of scrunched in, you're not in a, uh, you're not in a receiving position, you don't look approachable, right? If you're in person somewhere um but even if you're by yourself you're that's not a receiving position and so if you're in a creative mode let's say and you're wanting to write or you're looking for ideas if your body language is is positioned in a certain way then you're not going to be open to receiving those ideas so yeah it it really does matter (laughs) no matter where you are
0: i'll ask you this question before we talk about some of the topics in your book boss vibes self-esteem, success, and the art of etiquette. So I'll ask you this one. This year, 2020, we have had, and we still have, we are going through changes and challenges. So I'm wondering what lessons have you learned and what lessons do you believe we will learn when this is over, if it is over one day? Do you have um, a vision for a new reality, a better world?
2: Um, You know, I I would say we're definitely more virtual and finding our comfort zone in um, where that is, is to be um, experienced. It's definitely a higher performance. I know a lot of companies have um, done analysis on their employees working from home and they have realized that employees are more productive when they're working remotely. And so I think it you know it is going to take some time to understand what our new reality is going to look like. Um, but specific to things that I discuss in my book, I think that you know things that mannerisms that we've forgotten, um, even about personal hygiene, <laughs> you know, I think those are coming back to the forefront. And, um, I, I I tell people that even before masks were mandatory two years ago, when I was traveling, especially in the winter months, I would wear a mask when I got on the plane and, you know, it was because I didn't want to get sick. Um, but I would also put, you know, a drop of lemon or sorry, uh, lavender or peppermint or something like that. And it would just relax me and, it, it would be you know a, a pleasant flight um just because I had that, and so I was protecting myself. I didn't want to get the flu during flu seasons, and so there are things that you know we probably did more leisurely um that we now have to do mandatory and um I wrote about a lot of this before I knew that you know what twenty twenty was gonna be like. And that's one thing that people are always fascinated about that they ask me, they say, when did you write this book? Because you talk a lot about how to behave on video conferences and, Mm -hmm. and, (laughs) you know, and how to travel with ease and all of this. And I said, no, I promise I wrote this before I knew anything about it. (laughs) Um, But I think, you know, that it's coming back to the forefront of being very aware and um, conscious of how we conduct ourselves in public how did you become a writer nita um you know i'm not sure that i would call myself a writer but i (laughs) i'm definitely a creative and um when i was younger i enjoyed writing poetry and i would journal a lot and i think that at some point i decided i wanted to write a book just because i was passionate about sharing my message with people and um And so, you know, I I would just write down incidents that occurred in my mind that were outrageous. And at some point I decided, you know, I'm going to put all of this together and write a book about it. Um, And so that's kind of how I wrote my book. But, you know, I think uh, when, you know, and, and you know this yourself, but as a creative person, you know, you always are trying different things in the creative space. And so, you know, whether it was, Painting or writing um, or, you know, performing in different um, aspects. I, I think that that's just something that is a part of being uh, my creative self.
0: What about art? How did you become an, an artist?
2: Um, you know, I used art as a creative outlet. I was never the person who talked about my feelings and, you know, shared how I felt uh, with anyone. And so for me, I would always paint and use that as a, you know, is my form of expression. And and at some point, I think I had collected enough work to where um, people would ask me, um, my friends who would come over would ask me, what are you doing with all of this? And, you know, I'd say, no, 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 it's just something I do, you know, I'll throw it away at some point. And they would be like, "Are you crazy? You can't throw this away? You know, you have to show this to people." And um, so I did my first art show locally uh, in Dallas. and um i I think that was it. That did it for me <laughs> I love the experience of seeing people uh, look at my art and finding different meaning. To and and seeing their own inspiration in my work. And so I think that was very fulfilling for me. And so ever since then, I've been showing around the world, um, mostly in Europe, UK and the States. But um, yeah, I, I think it just became a part of me after that.
0: So talk to me for a moment about the dual arts of conversation, talking, listening and body language.
2: Um, Yeah. So, you know, I I think that most people listen just long enough to formulate their response. And so it's very, it's very one sided, um, because they're just thinking about what they're going to say next. And um, I I think that you miss an opportunity when you don't listen, you completely hear someone out you know, I think you miss an opportunity, whether it's a personal relationship, whether it's a, a client, um, you know, I think that there is just something that you're fully not understanding. And it's also, you know, to me, that's disrespecting the person that you're engaging with as well. You know, when, when you don't listen to them wholeheartedly and hear everything that they have to say, um, you know, I, I think there's a sense of disrespect there. And so I think that we're so caught up in our own image and, and how somebody else is going to see us and react to us that we automatically jump to, what am I going to (laughs) say? This is what this person is talking about. How am I going to respond? And uh, so when I talk about the dual art of conversation, it's really about listening and, and then conversing um, as appropriate.
0: We are not aware of the way we, we behave, (laughs) we are defensive all the time thinking about ourselves and how and that's why i love the practice of unconditional self-love because it opens that um, awareness the possibility of being there for others more because now you're there for yourself so it's easier to be there for others and speaking of uh, unconditional self-love do you believe in such a practice
2: i i do i do um you know your, my, our, our cups have to be full in order for us to pour onto others, right? So um, absolutely. I mean, if if we're not giving to ourselves and if we're not compassionate, if we're not forgiving um, all of those things to ourselves, we can't forgive others. We can't be compassionate to others because there's going to be, you're going to hold on to a sense of resentment, Uh, without having that self love. Um, And so yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think it's very important to practice that to be able to give what we what we think we're giving without practicing, you know, but we're actually not. And so when you do practice self love, you are truly able to give to others.
0: Another topic in your book that I had access to is you talk about the two keys to good manners mindfulness and common sense. And of course, I love them, both of them. But talk to me for a moment about these two components, these two keys to good manners.
2: Um, yeah. So, you know, again, based on where you are, being mindful of the situation that you're in. Let's take a very easy example. You know, when you're going out to dinner, um, you know, look at the restaurant that you're going out to. Um, How, how are people dressing there? You know, is there a dress code? Mm -hmm. You don't want to show up to a fine dining restaurant without doing the research and show up in your torn jeans. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) true. So in a very simplistic manner, you know, to convey the, the concept having the common sense, you know, to do that. Um, But it's really about the mindfulness of, you know, where you're at, you wanna make sure that you're respecting the place, you know, and the people around you. Um, I have seen one too many times at restaurants, uh, and this was of course um, (laughs) pre-COVID that we're in today, but people are sitting very close to one another, at a restaurant and, you know, you don't know if somebody's on a first date or you don't know what the people next to you, you know, you don't know what's going on. And then people would FaceTime (laughs) in the middle, (laughs) right? (laughs) And they would use their speaker phones. And I'm sure you've seen that as well in public. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People, you know, FaceTiming using their speaker phones. (laughs) And that's disrespectful, right? And so that's Mm -hmm. where the mindfulness comes in is, where am I? Am I going to be, you know, is this going to be rude if I'm calling someone on speakerphone? Um, it's really about paying attention to where you're at and taking the actions that are appropriate to that particular scenario. Do you recommend that we meditate? Absolutely. I, I think that meditation is a a very big tool in helping us be present and have more awareness. Um, I think that, you know, there are a million benefits to meditation, but those are, you know, given the things that we've talked about here, um, it definitely helps in staying present and having more awareness. I think it um, the two words that I like to use is it helps you also be calm and confident. (laughs) Um, You know, I notice on days or if I go, multiple days without meditating that I lose my sense of calmness (laughs) and how I conduct myself through the day and so yeah I absolutely am a big um, uh, believer in meditation
0: so we're almost at the end I have a few more questions for you Nita would you like to add anything or read a passage
2: in your book Um, you know I would say that I would say that action plus awareness really is the definition of modern etiquette. And when you have that, you're able to gain respect for yourself. When you respect yourself, others respect you. Mm. And that's how you're able to benefit. You know, that's how people want to be in relationships with you. That's why people want to work with you. Um, that's why people want to hire you, and so regardless of the area of of your life, you know when you practice awareness, when you take the right actions accordingly, you know it's the respect, and um, and the confidence that you gain along with that that will really elevate you and your personal and professional brand.
0: If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different
2: way? Um, you know, I would focus more on daily joy and <laughs> <laughs> making the most of every moment. Yeah. Yeah. My last
0: question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of now?
2: I, I would say three things about life that I know for sure. I think that our beliefs dictate our life tomorrow. And so staying positive is very important to having a beautiful, abundant life and, um, you know, being good to others, because I strongly believe in the concept of karma. And so when you're good to others, goodness comes back to you. And uh, so regardless of, you know, where you are in life, what you're doing, always practice that.
0: Thank you so much, Nita, for your wisdom, your genuine presence, your mission, your message. Thank you. Thank you. My last question is a technical one. Where can we find more information about you, your book, products, services, and future projects?
2: Sure. Um, you can find all of my services on my website at nita com. That's p a t e l dot com. And my book is available anywhere you can buy books online, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Google, Goodreads, um, pretty much anywhere books are sold online.
0: Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon.
2: Thank you. Bye for now.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Nita Patel and her work, please visit nita-patel.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org
0: slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.